Hey everybody, welcome to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. I know the virus is out there, but there are some things going on sports related. And though we are social distancing, we are connected through the power of the computer and this thing I heard of called the internet with Brian the Soul Man Swag, Matthew Page, and special guest star Richard Michelson. How you doing guys? Not good, hey, huh? Good. How are you guys? Hey, doing well, Abe. Doing Is well. Is there any excitement on this team at all? I mean, come on. We went four days without sports, <laughs> and finally, finally the hey. NFL has delivered. Hey. <laughs> yes, yes, thank God. I, I never realized exactly how much I depend upon sport news to get through my life. I really do. It, you know, it's a nice distraction. Well, of course it is. You went, you went four days. Matt, I don't think you did one post about yeah, like text message about anything that I cared about. And then boom, <laughs> on Monday, your phone explodes. I did not realize all the things that were going on in the NFL. I guess the NFL had a franchise uh, tag day or whatever you call it. You know, the day that you set your franchise. Uh, the day you screw over your players. Oh, this sounds like a political argument coming up. Um, uh, let's go, let's go right into do, that. Yeah. That's not on the, that's not on the list here, Richard Michelson. Now, uh, Rich Michelson <laughs> is out of Ingram high school here in Seattle, Washington, and he comes yep. from a working Proud. class. Go Rams, go Rams. <laughs> a working class. Go Rams. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I don't think you're. I don't think the Ingram Rams ever won anything in any sport ever, but that's fine. You guys have Greg Not Lewis. 1984. You had Greg Lewis, right? <laughs> yeah, 1984, state champs. <laughs> that's like the last good thing we did ever. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, all right, look, I don't have this on our outline, but let's talk about the franchise tag. It sounds like, Rich, you've got a problem. This last Monday, a whole bunch of players had a tag set on them such that once their contract is ended, they're required to play another year with the team that had their contract. What's your problem with it? What's your deal, man? What's my deal, man? It's just basically it's an excuse for the owners that can't negotiate effectively with their players to be able to get have a get-out-of-jail-free card. And I, I think that it's just lazy business is really what it boils down to. Is it lazy business, though? Right. The collective bargaining agreement that was agreed upon two Sundays ago, the players union did nothing to get rid of that franchise tag. Oh, I, I don't agree that it is also lazy business on the part of the players union. But I'm just saying that if you can't negotiate a contract that all parties like, you are a terrible business person. Ouch. Mm. Uh, that's a pro pro union guy he's about to jump in on this one (laughs) out of Jackson High School in Everett let's hear from you Matt oh boo boo (laughs) Timberwolves boo (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yes that's me booing my alma mater Uh, anyway uh, no I I, I actually I I can see both sides on this argument Um, I I do I don't as a yeah as a union guy as a union point of view uh, as a union guy I would not like having my, my choices limited like that, but they do crank the price the heck up. If you're, if you're trapped, they, they do, you do get a very generous bonus on top of what, you know, you, what you normally would make. They, they come up with numbers that, that are pretty high for if you're franchised, you automatically have to get paid X amount. It's and the top, the, five, the top cool five, thing your, about top it, five of your position. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then the cool thing about it though is if you if they do it multiple years, that number like doubles. It's crazy. I remember the last year for uh, uh, what's his name? The um, I don't always blank on his name. The guy who's quarterback for the Vikings now when Kirk he was Cousins. when he was with the Redskins. Kirk Cousins. Cousins when he was with the Redskins, they 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 uh, they slapped the franchise on him like two or three years in a row. And the last year he made like forty two million dollars or something insane wow. like that. Uh, so they kind of make it worth your while, but I, at the same time, it's like free agency is supposed to be about the freedom to choose to play whoever you want to. So if you're stuck in say Jacksonville and you're a defensive end and you're 25 and you want to actually play for a team that has a chance in hell of ever playing, this is totally not based on a real person. Uh, (laughs) you are kind of (laughs) stuck and you're at the mercy of the team. You can't go anywhere, yeah. and you can't leave and go play for, I don't know, the Seahawks or the 49ers or, you know, somebody team, a uh, playoff team. You can't go, can't go. hey, I want to go win and go play for a cool team. Yeah, but they, got Min- uh, they got Minshew Mania going on down there in Jacksonville there, buddy. So Jacksonville's going to turn it around. That guy needs to stop whining and play out his contract. Uh-huh. I like, I that, I, you're talking. I like uh-huh. that I get all three opinions <laughs> on this one. <laughs> Because it sounds like you, so lack you're, you don't care about the franchise tag. I don't. It's it's there. They have the right to. They could have got rid of it, and they didn't. So I mean, I'm trying to watch my language here. You know me and my bad language, but so what? I mean, play play out your contract. If you get tagged with that, you get tagged with that. I mean, we they're, they're I know they're professional athletes, and they get paid a hell of a lot more. But I mean. We're, we're here struggling to make mincemeat right now, and if you're going to get $20 million to play, even though it's a sh- crappy place to play, just suck it up. Sounds like a true graduate mm. of Blanchett High School, if I ever heard one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Blanchett full of a, a whole bunch of libertarians? No, just oh, uh, yeah. just, just Solex <laughs> anger. I say 60-40. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, it was all socialists up in, up at Ingram. So you know, was it really? <laughs> no, yeah, there was a ton of them. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. Matt, you went to the wrong high school. Anyway, uh, let's get back to sports. Right? Can we? Um, the fran- the franchise tag is what it is, and I disagree with Rich. That if the players don't want it, that's what collective bargaining is. And oh no, no, my point was not anything about the players keeping it or not to be my point was that all of these owners and their GMs are supposed to be these great businessmen, right? They are, but they're not because you're, you, you're basically using a crutch to get a player to keep playing for you instead of actually negotiating a fair contract. Yeah. But they essentially so, broke, the, broke the union, didn't they? Oh yeah. yeah I mean, the union has been broken. So that part is is good business from a businessman's perspective. My point was on a team by team basis, like keep your players happy. Ultimately, especially in a game in, that is so much team based, where chemistry on the field actually matters. Keep your players happy. It's better business long term. But right. a lot of these owners just don't seem to agree with it. I mean. Think about this. Go back and, and find a uh, like a Super Bowl winning team that had a franchise player. It, there are few and far between. Um, Patriots with their kicker. 
Yeah, Matt. Or yeah, Rich. There you go. Wow. I, know they, I know they won the Super Bowl one year with their kicker franchise. I guess that's true because kickers <laughs> really affect team chemistry. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, hey, this hey, kind of makes my taking no. my argument for me. If they miss that field goal, it does impact team morale. Kickers <laughs> so, score I mean, the most points on their team. So you you watch it, Rich. You could <laughs> you could make the argument that because of that, they're the most important player on the team. <laughs> and you would be wrong. All right. Okay. Uh, now the finger pointing has begun. Let's move on to the Seahawks uh, and who they have signed. Now that Abraham has successfully turned everyone against, them, <laughs> against each other. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the signees here. Uh, we got, uh, I want to get your guys' opinion. Uh, Solak, tell me about Jaron Reed, the defensive tackle. Got two years, 23 million. What, what are your thoughts on, what do you think, what do you think about this cat? I think they overpaid for him. I know I like two years is a good deal, but I think they should have gotten maybe 17, 16, 17 million. I know he probably wouldn't have gone for it, but then it's time to move on and spend the money somewhere else. I, I wasn't a fan that he had a great season two years ago, and then he got in trouble and it, what it was, he suspended eight games and I wasn't a fan that he had to come back to this team and he didn't produce last year. I don't know if it was because of the chemistry with Clowney and everybody else, but we, we could have spent this money elsewhere, whether it was on Clowney or all these other free agents that have signed with other teams that we'll probably talk about later. But I think we should have moved on from Jaron Reed. Anybody have a counterpoint to that? Because I'm kind of in your, in no, your camp. No, I completely agree with that. If you have like a generational tackle, like a, uh, you know, like Sue, like, uh, or a, uh, Cortez Kennedy, um, Warren Sapp, you pay the guy the money. But quite frankly, that's like one or two guys in the whole league, and the rest of the guys are just there to hold the line and keep keep your uh, central run defense from getting blown off the line. Otherwise, just pay them, get, find a league average guy, because there's <laughs> the money's just better spent on the edge or in the linebacking core or pretty much anywhere else on the defense. Speaking of edge, Matt, Bruce Irvin just Bruce Irvin just got Irvin got re-signed two years eleven million. What do you think of the nine-year pro out of West Virginia? Was that directed at me? Uh, that was at Matt. Oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> but I've since Matt fell part. asleep, uh, I'll put it out to you. No, I I, I think I've experienced a tiny bit of leg, so like he cut out a little bit. But yeah, okay. Uh, Bruce Irvin, uh, it, it, it's a cheap deal. Um, so you know. It, there, there's there's an upside there. Uh, we are desperate in need of rushing when it comes to the quarterback. Uh, you know, he might compliment coming from the other side or, or, or pairing up and trading off with Griffin um, in that role. Uh, you know, he's had some success with us in the past and in our system. He knows our system. Um, he's cheap, relatively. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't hate the signing. I don't hate the signing at all. I think it's a decent one. Anybody here hate that signing? I mean, he had eight and a half sacks last no. year for Atlanta, and I kind of think no, great yeah, sign. Yeah, I think it's a fine signing. I think it's signing. great. I I think the defensive theory. I mean, until someone proves it wrong, basically, either you have a great coverage, um, you know, the great back end of the of the uh, of the defense, so that your mediocre pass rushers can get home. They have enough time to do that. Or you have a great pass rush 
to keep your mediocre pass defenders uh, protected because the rush takes care of the quarterback and the passing game that way, or you have a combination of the two. Um, so, yeah, I mean, more rush, the better. And especially the last few years, it, it just hasn't been it just hasn't been great. All right, now for the one that's probably going to start a fight. Um, who wants to take this one? Uh, Greg Olson. One year, seven million. That was a great one. Great signing. One year, seven million is not a lot of money here. The guy, if he stays healthy, is going to produce. Russell Wilson knows how to get uses tight ends. I, I think it was great with, with, our, with our lack of success with tight ends of staying healthy. I think it was worth the risk. That was great. I agree with you 100%. I get the feeling and Hey, everybody out there, we're doing social distancing. So we're on online doing this over Skype. And so there's a little bit of delay, but I can feel, I can, I can, somebody is emanating hatred from their side of the computer. Who is it? Is it you, Matt? I was just trying to sit here quietly minding my own business. I mean, you know, I'm, I don't want to start a fight. I'm, you I'm start- starting to, to feel a little bit of hatred towards you, Abe, because you keep on trying to pick fights. You should have just let it naturally brew up. No, 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 no. Last week, no, last week. Greg Olson's going to uh, be a great signing. He is, he is going to be the security blanket for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's going to roll out a whole bunch this year. Greg Olson's going to be doing a drag route across the backside of the defense. Olson's, uh, or, uh, Wilson's going to get a linebacker in no man's land. He's either going to flip it over his head to Olson or he's going to juke him out of his shoes and run for 15 yards. I agree We're going to see it happen over and over and over again. I agree I'm with gonna you. I love it. I'm so here for it. It's my favorite thing. Yes. He's, thank Chris, you. He, but he, last he's, week. He's pointing a finger at me. Yes. Yes. You, Matt. Uh, okay. Because I, last week you called me I a moron and a fool and a jerk. I don't. And you said my <laughs> shoes don't match my clothes. Okay. Yeah. More that, than that. None of that had to do with Greg Olson signing. It just had to do with you as a person. <laughs> uh, no, I, I oppose this signing, and I, I still do. And the reasoning behind that is it's an awful lot to pay for a player we're not going to use properly. I still have not seen this team use a tight end properly in, like, 10 years. And, and I would absolutely love to see them use it properly. And hopefully Schottenheimer understands and figures out how to use tight ends properly this year. I'm on board if he does. But if he doesn't, this is $7 million wasted. And we desperately need an entire defensive line. And, yes, we've, we've gotten, a, we've gotten a what? We've already talked about an edge rusher and a, and a tackle, but we need, like, five more edge rushers and like three more tackles on top of that. So the seven million in one year on this dude, it just it just seemed like a, a waste of money, a luxury we couldn't afford because we wouldn't use it. That was my point. Oh, we'll use him. Oh, we. Greg will. Olson, I'm sure, is a wonderful human being. I have nothing against him, but I just don't think we're going to use him properly. But if you look at his stats, if you look at his 52 catches and almost 600 yards, no. that was better than any tight end we had last year. I understand that. I just say that 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 assumes he's on an offense that knows how to use their, their tight end. Our offense, our offense coordinator hasn't demonstrated to me, and the the one prior to that definitely did not know how to use a tight end. That's my concern. Your mind my concern has nothing to do with the player. The player is amazing. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, absolutely, I, I I love the guy. He's a Hall of Famer, unquestioned. But 
I don't think we're going to use him properly because I don't have confidence in our offense in our offensive coordinator. Okay, well, you won't. You don't have confidence in a lot I, of things. And, I, and I this think one, that Russell Wilson is going to do a whole bunch of backyard plays this year with Olsen. I think it's going to be one of these things where, yeah, um, Schottenheimer just called this, but you. Um, you go seven yards deep and stick your foot in the ground, I'll throw you the ball. I think that we're going to see that a ton. Now, see, I saw that same argument when we signed, when we signed, when we got Jimmy Graham. Which, by the way, if I recall correctly, uh, you were the one who wrote the counter argument on the Max Unger, Jimmy Graham uh, uh, article, and I have to say, I won, I won, I won. Rich, you did yes. say that you did Sadly, say that centers true. are overrated. <laughs> yeah, I did and say that centers Unger, are overrated. Max yep. Unger is amazing, but that's all. Moving yes, on. yes, he is. Yes, he is. And and who would have thought that a player that should have been a Hall of Famer would just like become a big fat turd for the rest of his career? Uh, hey, isn't he a bear now? Isn't he going to be amazing as a bear? Is that what we're waiting for? I don't right? know. Can Trubisky I get did, in the ball? Did, did you just say? Yeah, Nick, did you just Nick say the now. Bears. Yeah, he got traded. Yeah. Or, not traded. He just got signed by <laughs> the, bears. the Bears. The Bears. And then Nick Foles is going to be thrown to him because the Bears finally got the memo that the rest of the league has been reading for years that Mitchell Trubisky isn't a quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Um, it took a while. Matt, I know you're mad about the $7 million for Olsen, but there's something kind of interesting that the Seahawks did this week. They grabbed three offensive linemen. They're kind of nobodies. I understand that. But for about $10 million, they got three guys. Uh, what Anybody have any uh, thoughts? Are these just nobodies? So that's just money well, wasted, I, or is it, or is there some talent here? I actually wanted to point out that uh, we signed Brandon Shell from the Jets after the Jets took a Fetty from us, right? Yeah. Well, there's a point made on on um, on ProFootballRumors.com that uh, I believe uh, Shell was rated like ten or eleven spots higher last year in quality for the PFF ranking. Uh, Shell was the 51st best tackle last season, and Effetti was the 64th. <laughs> so we traded tackles, and ours is our new one is apparently better. Um, I thought about, they got George Fant. They got George Fant, yeah, man. They got both. But they all, no, they also signed – They signed. did they sign Effetti? I don't think Effetti's been signed. free agent. Yeah. But, I, but I will no, say well, this. I will say this. Fant went – he went for three years, $30 million. So that's $10 million a year. We got this, we got Brandon Shell for $11 million over two years. So he's half the cost. That's not a bad transaction. And if he's rated higher, you upgrade the position, you pay less. That's pretty good. One thing the, uh, one thing the Steelers have always been good at is identifying and, and scouting and, and signing quality offensive linemen. So poaching an offensive lineman from them, I, I feel pretty good about. Now you're talking about B.J. Finney. I'm talking about Mr. Finney, yeah. Yeah, so now he was a four-year backup, so I'm not really certain if that – that might be just taking a game. Well, well not, we need depth. Yeah, we, we got to have depth. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know. Cedric uh, Ubuikwe from uh, the uh, Jacksonville, by the way, guys, I think this might be the steal. It was a one-year deal for $3.3 million. Used to be, mm-hmm. he was a first round draft pick like three years ago. So, you know, getting a starter for almost nothing, uh, that 
I think these are, these are sneaky. These three picks or these three uh, signings are kind of sneaky, and I like it. I'm the only one that likes. Yeah, them. Okay. no, I, I don't think they're piece of business. <laughs> no, they're they're uh, they're good business. They're good depth picks. Um, I'm not seeing you know an absolute starter. Although uh, Cedric, like you said, he he was a first round pick, and he might he might turn into a starter for us. The other two guys, I think, are depth picks, and but are are solid dudes. Um, I, I and they're cheap, and you know, improving the offensive line is always a good thing. I feel like even if you just hit on one of these three, that's kind of a win. Because uh, they got what Jones uh, and uh, who's the other guy? They they have two guys that were rookies last year that seem pretty good. All right, so let's uh, since that's about as much as we can talk about offensive linemen, <laughs> since there's no stats to really look at, um, let's move on to some of our restricted reagent uh, restricted fee agents who have been given uh, tenders, meaning that if somebody signs these guys, they have to give the Seahawks a draft pick. Um, the first one is Jacob Hollister, Mr. Solak. What are your thoughts? I, I That's high praise for that kid. I mean, we stole him. Granted, we stole him from New England, and he, he did very well for us stepping up after all the injuries that we had and second round to give, be given a second round tender shows how much faith we have in this guy. So I, I really don't see another team offer, you know, signing him. So I, I to have him back in the fold with us, I think that was, that was a great move on our part. Boy, I thought he was a below average at best tight end second right. round tender. I, that, <laughs> I, I guess he plays a part. Uh, he plays a part as a third, as a third tight end, but, uh, I don't know who would take him in the second round. He had 41 receptions for 349 yards, an average of 8.5 yards per catch, three touchdown passes last year. And he had he was a he was a practice squad guy who got drafted into starting all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a he's a pretty good third or second tight end. It's not you know, I, I thought he was pretty solid. Because Will Disley is going to get hurt again. You know it. He's only going to play like four games, and then he's going <laughs> to break his collarbone and miss the rest of the season again or something, you know? True, true. So we needed, we need, we need, some, re, we need some reinforcements there. We needed, uh, we needed to bring back Hollister, and we also brought back another guy at tight end. Luke Wilson. That you may be familiar with. Yeah. I don't Luke. know. I, I, I think Luke is just kind of a – I think he's like a camp guy at this point. I don't know if he makes a team. I don't think he keeps four tight ends. We shall see. Um, I think I, I like going to get hurt. The thing, the thing with Luke, Luke Wilson is that he's got a good repertoire or, you know, conversation, you know, with, uh, one of, well, relationship. That's the word I'm looking for with, uh, with Russell. And Russell throws them the ball, and they they connect. And you know, when I whenever you see Luke Wilson show up on on TV, you know, on the on the the field, he makes plays with what he's given. Would you guys? Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. I I guess, like you said, injuries. Maybe somebody gets injured in camp as well. Um, and he's the devil that you know, rather than uh, a complete unknown quantity. Well, you could have Tyrone Swoops, but. 
said he, he wouldn't even really even have a chance to make the roster. Yeah, you mean the tight end? Or the uh, not the tight end, but the former quarterback who turned tight end. <laughs> yeah, who's never shown anything, but is always like that potential last guy on the roster, but he doesn't quite make it. <laughs> yep. What do you speaking of last guy on the roster? What do you guys think of center Joey Hunt, who is pretty much the Seahawks center for most of the season? Okay, I'll jump in then if no one else Mixed, <laughs> mixed feelings? I don't know. Like, sure, bring him back. Let him fight for a spot. But, like, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I was not pleased with the offensive line play, honestly, like, since 20, 2014. So, like, yeah. Yeah, he got bowled over a lot. I don't know we about need, We need, um, well, is Britt coming back? Have we re-signed him? We'll get to that we in a minute. We, we'll get to that in a minute. He's he's still on the roster. He's still got his contract, but he's not coming back till about midway through the season. Um, actually, forget it. Let's talk about that right now. Um, what do you guys think okay. about Justin Britt? Because I'm kind of thinking like, hey, if you need to think about cutting somebody to to get some money, like this guy Britt has one year left on his deal. It's eight point five million that you'd get back. Um, there's almost three million that would be dead money, but. You'd get eight point five million back. Are you able to cut him? Sure. I thought you couldn't cut injured players. Uh, you, can you can after a certain date. I think you lose. Okay. You'll have like half the salary count toward your cap or something. Well, it would be yeah. There it, will be a penalty. So, so Rich, it'd be uh, two point nine million of his contract would get paid out, and would count against our con account. Against our salary cap, but eight point five million would be free and available to mm-hmm. get another player. Do you do that with Justin? Uh, my 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 sweeping plan is I've never. I mean, I've been. I mean, I was a huge Max Unger fan because Max Unger was the man. Justin Britt has stepped in and stepped up, but he ha- he's never really truly impressed me in, in, in his job. He's done an adequate job. But is he really worth that much money? I don't think so. So you keep Joey Hunt, and you go into the draft, and you and you get yourself a new center in the draft to compete with Hunt, because I don't think Hunt has a long term future at center either. And and there are remarkable number of really good center uh, prospects in this draft coming up. Yeah, uh, and I totally agree with that. And and like Britt also still has some. If you do keep him, I mean, if you wanted to keep him, yeah. He he does have some positional flexibility. He's played all over the offensive line in his career. Yeah. All right. Well, this next one, this one's going to hurt Solak. So I'm directing this one at you. I, I want to feel. Okay. I want to feel your hurt. What if we cut KJ Wright? <laughs> if we cut KJ Wright, uh, it would cost us 2.5 million in dead money, but we would get 7.5 million back against the cap. What do you think? Uh, I, I, I honestly been stewing over this one for the last couple of weeks, but I, I thank the guy for what he's done for Seattle, but I think it's time we, we, we do cut him and for, for salary cap reasons and move on. I mean, maybe, I don't know if he'll come back and we can resign him to a cheaper deal, like for a couple of years, but I, I'm not on his bandwagon anymore. It's time for time for us to move on to the future. All right. What do you guys think? Is that blasphemy? What Solak is recommending? No, blasphemy for me. It's, 
it's not necessarily blasphemy, but if you want if you want seven million dollars, I know where you can get it. Where? <laughs> oh, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean if you I mean if you cut Brit and you cut right, I mean that's that's now fifteen, sixteen million dollars. And they're now saying yep. Clowney might drop down to about seventeen, eighteen. Uh right now the Seahawks have twenty million, uh just under twenty million in cap room. I mean you could you could potentially have $36 million in cap room and get two defensive linemen, right? Wrong? Yes. Well, who, who's, right. who's left out there to sign for that, though? That's the thing. Uh, there, there's been a lot of movement on the, on the defensive end market, and a lot of them have locked up, or they've been franchised, and the teams don't really seem excited to trade them. Yeah, you the know? only one is the uh, Ngikwe from... Um, Jacksonville, and that'll cost mm-hmm. you about eighteen million. There were, there were rumblings about the dude out of uh, the Ravens too, but I don't think that's really going to go anywhere. Oh, uh, not McKinsey. But, what's what's that guy's name? Um, he's on he's on my outline, I, <laughs> but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, not Brockers. The other dude. Anyway, go uh, on. Oh no, but I mean Brockers would be somebody that you could get. Probably cost you about ten million. Oh no, he just signed with the Ravens. Never mind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, there's, yeah. there's a dude already on their roster who's a really great red rusher who's was kind of looking at the door, and then they they tagged him. I think. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Is that? Uh, oh, I forgot his name. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, but yeah, think about that. Something or somebody we haven't even thought about. What about a guy who? might be in that 10 million to 15 million range. If you give up Britain, right. Doesn't it seem like a good chance, a good opportunity? I think it is, but I guess maybe. I, it, I, I suppose it depends on what you pair it with. What do you, what, what moves do, how do you use the money to make the team better elsewhere? You know, like, I mean, if, if, if we, if we take that money, and we, we use it the extra to potentially lock up Clowney, and then we pair it with a trade and get that dude from Jacksonville, then and and use the money the money that you save to pay the guy from Jacksonville and extend him. Then, yeah, potentially that could be a, that, that would be a, a big boon to the the defense, and it would make sense. But you know, if you're not going to do something big like that, I mean, who out there is left for a you know big defensive end signing? that would really be, you know, or, or tackle that we would need that we could use that money on is my point. Right. All right. Well, here, here's my other question. Do you really want to invest all that money into one player on the defensive end? Do you mean the I mean, 20 million that we have left or cutting yeah, a couple guys? And getting... Either the 20 million or then maybe you go get two, but I mean, that's a huge investment in two players would you maybe not be better off to maybe uh, see what you can do in the draft, maybe trade away some stuff and get more picks, go like try to be like the 2011, 2012 Seahawks and just get a bunch of uh, a bunch of edge rushers that are young and hungry and see who sticks. Solak, I think that question, that question's for you, Solak. Okay. I was just going to reply not to that, but I think I've mentioned this before in the past, but 
Everson Griffin, I think we should go after him from Minnesota. He voided his contract. And then, Ooh, yeah. What I've been reading online is Seahawks are really interested in going after him. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll respond to Rich's question. Rich. Um, Sorry. You're, Rich, you're wrong. And it's it's a good thing that you came on the show tonight because there you need someone to point out all the flaws in your arguments. Of how you're and, wrong. Yeah. Of so, how I'm wrong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> when you look at this Seahawk team and the one thing, the one thing that kept them from making it any further in the playoffs, and that's pass defense. And pass defense, as we all know, starts up front. If you get Jaron Reed, as they just did, and if you get Jadavion Clowney, like you just did, you have the exact same defensive line that you already had. And that uh, that defensive line was not good enough. You need I more. hated it. I you need more. It. And I and I don't count on the draft. I can't count on the draft. Look at look at what uh, Snyder and Carroll have put together as far as defensive linemen in the draft. Without Frank Clark, they they haven't drafted anybody on the defensive line worth a, with a darn. Are you counting out Christmas? What's his name? Christmas, the defensive DeMarco, end that missed the entire season. Demarco Christmas. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, he I, contributed I, from the bench he, in a morale fashion. Okay, morale. Fa- <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I mean, if you, if you look at their past picks, if you look at LJ Collier, n- he's, he's a nobody. Oh. He's a nothing. And I don't know. The thing that really irritated me, Matt and I was ta- or t- were talking about this when he first got drafted. We watched videos, and I don't know what anybody was thinking, you know, with the Seahawks. Like, you, your talent evaluation is just out of, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible. Because there was nothing that I saw from L.J. Collier. And then you go back a year before that, you get Malik McDowell. Everybody was saying, don't draft this guy. He's a nutcase. And what's he do? He takes a four-wheeler and drives off a sand dune. You know, the, 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 I don't trust them, Rich. I don't trust them to draft a defensive lineman. So, Mal, uh, so what you're saying is we need to get rid of the, rid of the front office and the head coach? We need someone else to tell them who to get a defensive line. I, they're doing a good job in yeah. other in other aspects. I just the the history <laughs> name a defensive lineman that has has come through for us. They're just not there. Jaron Reed. Yeah, but Bruce Irvin. But Jaron Reed likes to allegedly beat up women. So yeah. <laughs> and if, uh, well, no. He, he, what they need, what we need, is we need. We need someone to take over the first and second round of, uh, of drafting <laughs> yes. from our first off front office because they suck in the first and second round. But the third, fourth, fifth, so forth rounds, they've found some really good value picks there. They've actually been very successful in picking out some good guys here and there. It's just that first and second round, they don't know what to do with themselves. I think that they just are trying too hard is really what it boils down to. I don't think they're trying enough. Look at the last. I, I, I think that, well, well, but more, more to the point, like they, they, they've consistently made picks that all the draft pundits are like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. And, and in some cases that's and accurate. Sometimes, well, right. And, and my point is, is that you – might not win a Super Bowl by making a great first-round draft pick or a second-round draft pick, but you can sure as heck knock yourself out of playoff contention by screwing up those two picks. Because those two picks are basically supposed to be starters. Correct. 
And so sometimes the Seahawks historically, this is a this is a long term trend going back to you know when Paul Allen first took over the team, it had a hard time with those first and second round picks. Sometimes you just make the safe pick and you move on, and you make your flyers late, not early. I mean, let me let me name let me name like last year, L.J. Collier. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jury's still out, but I really think he's in bust. But second round, we hit with I think we hit with Blair and Matt, obviously with Metcalf. Uh, and then uh, the year before that, Rashad Penny in the first round. Seriously, I still he's haven't in, seen he's injured again. Justify that, and he's injured again. And and Rashad Green was our third round pick and defensive tackle on that draft, and I haven't seen anything out of him. 2017, Malik McDowell, and then Posick and. I don't even know what happened to Posick. <laughs> um, you know, go go back a year before Jermaine Effetti, Ugh. and then Jerron Reed, uh, who's done okay. Uh, Frank Clark, and then Tyler Lockett. That was a good year. Uh, that was a good that year. Was, that was a good year. But you have to go back to like 2011 and 2012. Those two years back to back were pretty good, like in the first and second round. But that's kind of been the exception. But, but how long can you float off two years here? Yeah, I, mean, I know. No, no. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, James Carpenter was the first pick in the 2011 draft, okay? And John Moffitt mm-hmm. was, the, was the third round pick. Whoops. And then finally they hit they hit Pater with K.J. Wright and then Richard Sherman. Wasn't yeah. John Moffitt the Wisconsin Badger who uh, the police... Uh, yeah, guard. Who the police yeah. arrested for taking a whiz uh, on Bellevue Square Mall? <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that was him. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> and didn't he quit football? Wow, we've really gone off road into the week here. <laughs> well, I think he also quit football because he wanted to do hallucinogenic mushrooms and the NFL wouldn't let him. He was urinating in a park square and W Square Mall. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was him. <laughs> anyway. So I mean the point is is is, you know, and then you look. I mean, you look at some of these picks that they've made in the last couple of years, and in, 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 in the fourth round, the fifth round, and so forth. There have been some great picks, some real value players. I mean, both Griffins were in the yeah. third, fourth round. Uh, you know, um, uh, let's see here. Um, they missed on they missed on fourth fourth round wide receivers. They always do that. That seems to be a trend. But uh, you know, Chris Carson, seventh round in twenty seventeen. <laughs> um, you know, if only ProSize had stayed healthy, uh, you know, Joey Hunt, our current safety, we were just talking about, 2016 sixth round. Um, you know, uh, Quentin Jefferson, 2016 sixth, fifth round. You know, there are value, you know, Tyler Lockett was a third round pick, you know. Um, Justin Britt was a second round, late second round pick. Um, you know, so they're, we, they, they're good. Luke Wilson was a fifth rounder. Uh, they, you know, they, they find good value. It late in the rounds, it's that first round where we just like, yeah, they're overthinking it or something because they're like, oh, we got to be smart and pick the guy that everyone you know has on their dark horse list for like third round or something, and we want him now. And they pass like fifteen totally qualified players. You know, like DK Metcalf should have yeah. been picked with our first overall pick. Oh yeah, I still yeah. don't know why he fell to second to the last pick of the second round, but he, you know he. I, anyway, I'm just question for Abraham. I, I would also Quentin say Jefferson. that the Seahawks don't. Yep. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, good, good. Okay, 
I, I just want to ask Abraham Quentin Jefferson did should we have paid what Buffalo paid to to take him from us or I think they paid them almost fourteen million for a couple of years. Yes, the answer is yes. We should we should have kept him the yeah. fifth rounder out of Maryland. Um, didn't have the sack numbers, but he could play a bunch of positions on the defensive line, and that isn't an unhealthy amount of money. And we need, uh, you know, I just said we, you know, we already saw what these guys are, and you know, we need new guys. But that Quentin Jefferson, he went for a good price, and I don't know why we didn't why we didn't match. We can't once again we can't just assume we're going to get a first round or second round pick that's going to come in and start on day one we need quantity at some point you know and i thought we had they did a good job with offensive linemen they got they got three guys i I would hope they got a few more guys you know on the defensive line um the the numbers aren't there and i don't even if it's not jefferson let's say it's not jefferson brian let's say it's somebody else Mm -hmm. good you know show some show some uh uh collection of talent again i go i go back to the jaron reed thing <clears throat> he had one year with 10 sacks uh but is he like rich said is he a warren sap is he a cortez kennedy no he's not what 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 are we wasting our money on this guy for i mean not we could have we could have went and got for pennies on the dollar somebody like uh, uh oh god what's uh, what's in danny shelton or something like that just some three hundred and fifty pound yeah. guy. Just to yeah, take space. I, I would. So. Danny mm-hmm. Shelton for two years, like eight million or something like that, too. Yeah, so he was cheap, cheap, cheap as hell. That's a good point. Richard, uh, good point. Richard, yeah. you're about to bring up and, something, were you? Yeah. Well, I was just gonna um, say that you know, ultimately, you know, the Seahawks have failed consistently for decades to just take the best player available. I agree. Yeah. It seems like they're always stretching for, for positional need. And I get it, right? I get it. But sometimes you got to take the best player available because his name's like Sean Alexander, right? And even though you got, you know, a pro bowler running back, you take the best player available because, Yes, they're humans and whatnot, but like from an NFL roster building standpoint, they're assets, and you got to turn the best talent you have into more talent if you want to end up deep in the playoffs, if you want to end up in the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, they just haven't they just haven't done that, and it and, and it affects things. And the other thing I just want to bring up is like what is what is the identity of this team, and especially this defense? I'm so confused watching them. The last, say, three or four years. Well, last year, they, their identity... I don't get what they're trying to do. Last year, their identity was play base defense and try to out-trick other teams by putting in a third linebacker. So playing a base three, a base 4-3 with a third linebacker, and the idea is we got big linebackers that are going to take away the slant. Then uh, they found out that the receivers just ran away from our linebackers and... They tore us up. Yeah. <laughs> that was the idea. We had no pass year. rush, and we had a low-quality, you know, coverage team, too, secondary. Like, I I just would rather, as a fan, I'd rather watch a team with an identity. I, I just think back to the, 
the early 2000s when Matt Hasselbeck was kind of coming into his own and like that, that year that he finally got to start the tail end, like the last six games of the season where he threw for like 300 yards a game and just tore up the league. Right. We were still a bad team. I think we were like six and 10, but we were exciting. We had an identity. We had something that we knew we were building towards. And I have not felt like that with the Seahawks since 2012 or 2013. It just, Offensively, they, they've lost their way. Offensively, you won't because Brian uh, Schottenheimer is very bland, and you're not going to get anything other than vanilla a vanilla offense. You're going to get a little bit of you're going to get a little bit of Russell improvising when things don't go right. Right, but otherwise, you're going to get yeah, you're going to get the blandest offense ever. And on defense, we need to find an identity. I agree. But, you know, part of that is talent, too. Like, we just, there's gaping holes. Well, well, talent, talent I get, but, but also, like, if you have an identity, if you've done your job as a coaching staff and you've coached, right, you at least have, like, a handful of things you can do well when everything is going to heck in the handbasket, and you can just go back to, like, the basic stuff you can do well and execute it. And you can out execute someone because we've run this play 5,000 times in practice. And so even though, you know, it's coming, we're still going to run it better than you can stop it. Yeah. All right. Guys. I mean, think about like the Utah jazz with, uh, you know, Stockton to Malone, right? You know, what's coming. You've seen it for 15 years. <laughs> we just run it better than you. And you know, this is how we're going to dig ourselves out of a 20 point hole, right? Like, you've got to have something that you have as a foundation. And I, I haven't felt like the Seahawks have had anything close to that, you know, since say 2014, uh, the second Super Bowl year. Question for you about, since you're the Utah jazz fan, Carl Malone, once he, or not, Carl Malone, (laughs) once he quit the NBA, why did he decide he was going to drive a truck, 16 wheelers? What's that all about? Because he's a hick from Louisiana. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got the answer. Uh, not the one I was looking for, but it was an answer. <laughs> it's an answer, yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's take a look across the NFL. Um, you guys have lists of the deal, different deals that have gone on. And what I'd like to do is go around the table. Let's start with the defensive backs. Uh, just. Tell me, tell me something that surprised you or you're interested by uh, or, you know, you thought was outrageous or, uh, or extremely good. Um, Matt, let's start with you. Let's uh, take a look at that list of cornerbacks. Uh, anything out there, anything there that uh, caught your eye? Uh, yeah, the Broncos fleecing Jacksonville. <laughs> they fleeced Jacksonville? Uh, oh, yeah, they fleeced Jacksonville hard. Tell everybody what the deal was. Jacksonville got a fourth. Jacksonville, or okay, see, um, the Broncos got AJ. I'm not going to be able to say his last name. Bouye, Bouye. Yeah, no, that's right. Bouye. You okay. had it right the first time, uh, and then you murdered it. Oh, Bouye. <laughs> yes. I murdered. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm known for. Anyway, uh, and and the Jags only got a fourth round pick coming this, up this year. I, I think he's worth a lot more than a fourth round pick, but that's you know maybe that's just my opinion. I think I think uh, Jacksonville is is 
shedding players because they're trying to totally rebuild and they wanted picks and they kind of got a little desperate. And if I was a GM and I saw that deal, I'd be like, why didn't you call me? I would have given you a third round pick, you know? <laughs> would he look good in Seahawks colors? I think so. I mean, you know, put him on the other side uh, from Griffin and, and I think we'd be pretty good. Reasonably good. Reasonably adequate. <laughs> Adequately good. Solak. <laughs> Solak. You need, you need the uh, quarterbacks to catch your eyes. Yes, uh, Desmond Trufant, two years, $21 million. I've always loved that guy, even when he played for that team from University of Washington. Uh. <laughs> um, why, can't, why couldn't the Hawks? I, I think they could have upgraded over Flowers or whoever the hell is on the opposite side. And you think you would have want to come home? I mean, I think Detroit got a steal there for two years. Are the Seahawks, though, going to pay $10 million a year? For cornerback, I'm I'm under the opinion no. myself that they're going to save up the money for Shaq Griffin, if they at all if they at all pay for a cornerback. So well, I, you're probably right, yeah. but I would love to see him. Well, Which, Pete Carroll has a history of, of developing his own guys, so there is that too. Yeah, I think they'd rather go. They'd rather go and get like a third round cornerback and, and save money that way, and then develop him up. Yeah. They also have yeah, a stringent yeah. guideline as to what a cornerback should look like, and they'll flat out ignore it. <laughs> right? I mean, they want a guy that's 6'2 and has a long wing, wingspan, and it doesn't matter what their 440 speed is. Right? Yeah, well, they've been linked to, they, to the guy to you, from Utah in the draft. Do they, still, do they still want that guy, though? I mean, they're not playing cover three under anymore. So why would you want that guy? Well, now, with Quandre Diggs, halfway through the season, they got Quandre Diggs and went back to that format. It, it, yeah. the, the big failure was Tre- Tedrick Thompson out of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not Who, be Who's out. available Yeah, if you want it. <laughs> I was going to say, just like last year, um, last couple of years when I watched the Seahawks, whenever I watch the Seahawks, whenever I see them in man-to-man, it's them giving up a big play as the wide receiver runs away from the cornerback. Yeah. Um, didn't you stab Like on a slant panner, you know. Didn't you stab in the yeah. Earl Thomas days? Uh, no, I mean, when you have three Hall of Famers in the back, in your defensive backfield, it's usually not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But I will say this, Rich, though. Quandre Diggs, they traded for from uh, Detroit. I I guess they, right, fleeced, right. they fleeced Detroit out of this guy. Um, they absolutely. <laughs> he, he stabilized that, that secondary. He really did. Yeah. He was he was a great force back there. So I, I got a question for you. Do, do you think that we, like, are, could we just add one good player? You guys were talking about all these cuts we could make. Could we cut some guys and go get someone else uh, to shore up the defensive backfield to make the mediocre pass rush a lot better because the defense, uh, the, the backfield can hold, you know, keep the guys covered for like one more second, enough time to get the defensive ends home. I think that's, or am what, I just I think dreaming? That's, no, I think that's what Pete Carroll's thinking. I'm against that philosophy. I think a good pass rush can make up for a bad defensive backfield and not the other way around. You're wrong. Oh, I'm wrong. Well, okay. okay. You're right. totally wrong. And I'll give you a case in point. 2013, there were so many times the Seahawks got sacks they did not deserve because the backfield just covered guys like a blanket. No one got open, and the quarterback just sat there back there by a statue and got sacked. 
So there I'm were a point. ton of cover, coverage sacks in 2013 and 2014 that were not great pass rush. They were just the defensive backfield covering everyone forever. So like my old eyes, I, I you know maybe I'm getting so old that I can't remember things. Uh, how about how about you? Do do you remember that being the case? Because I don't. <laughs> No, I, I, I don't either. <laughs> these millennials Maybe have it's a different we're look. Getting old. Yeah, these millennials don't know anything about hard work and, you know, sacrifice and uh, watching TV properly. Who's the, I, who's the millennial <laughs> on this podcast? Uh, <laughs> Matt. That's it. You? By yeah. one year, technically. You're kind of bored. Depending, on which, depending, upon, depending upon who which measurement you use, I'm either a millennial or the very last year of Gen X. Actually, it's more whether oh. I agree with you on an argument or not. Yeah. If I disagree with <laughs> you, you're a yeah. damn millennial. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, but I, I was going to say I was going to say though about about the pass rushing. The problem is that we're facing right now is that you need like twelve guys to rotate on that defensive line, and right now we have three. So it doesn't matter. We we need bodies right now. And they're not. We lost they're, everyone. They're not named, none of them are named Reggie White. Who can play none of them are raised or Bruce Smith? No, none yeah. of them named that. Uh, you know, uh, we have three. We need like twelve. Right now, we need to do what we did with our offensive line, and we need to go get some some good depth picks that are cheap, but will provide the pressure that will let the stars, like if we get Clowney back, we'll give him the room finally to get around the corner and tackle, or let Irvin get through and tackle, or you know whatever. We need the guys that create the pressure to make the holes. So the rushers can get through. We don't have any of those guys right now. We have Jaron Reed, and that's it. Other than calling rich names, I, like I didn't Jefferson. really get to. I wanted Jefferson. <laughs> Other than calling rich names, I didn't get to actually give you a rebuttal because you forget, Rich. You know, in your old age as well. And I know, I know that living in Utah, that uh, that hot sun kind of confuses you a little bit. Yeah. But you don't seem to remember yeah. that 2013 was the year that we went out and fleeced the Detroit lions. My God, that's a recurring theme, isn't it? Um, we fleeced the Detroit lions yeah. out of uh, cliff Averill <laughs> and we went and got Michael Bennett, like that pass rush. Oh, I remember that. I remember that, but I remember when guy when teams would like max protect, um, thinking that they would stop the, you know, uh, the, the express pack rush, pack, pass rush. What was that called? NASCAR, the, NASCAR the, package. The pass rush. NASCAR package. Yeah, there we go. And uh, the backfield would just not let anyone get open. They'd stay disciplined and cover everyone. And even though the the line was, you know, double teamed across the board with eight blockers or whatever silliness was going on, uh, they finally would get home. Not because they were great rushers, but just because the backfield, you know, held them together. And there there were plenty of times that, that that Seahawks team Whereas like 1.5 seconds later and the quarterback's on his back. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I remember lots of those times. But it, it was a combo effort between the backfield and the line. Um, it's kind of like if one didn't get you, the other one would. So that's 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 just my point is it's uh, – I think putting the money either in the backfield or in the line is the way to go. And quite frankly, just fill in with linebackers. You can get rid of K.J. Wright. Get, a, get some rookie in there and he'll be fine. All right, or, or, yeah, former Utah Ute, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, Solak, he, he, he has some reps in the linebacker role. He fills in nicely. Drafting, uh, drafting linebackers from Utah—that's 
that's actually a pretty good play. <laughs> Kyle Whittingham knows yeah. how to make a good linebacker. Yeah, he does. He's got a very long list of successful linebackers. So, Solak, I want you to take a look at the uh, DBs again. Is there Are there any other trades or free agent pickups that caught your eye? Uh, yeah, actually, for edge rushers, Jacksonville traded Khalil Campbell to the Ravens. I think Ravens, all they had to give up was a fifth-round pick, and then also the Ravens signed Michael Brockers for three years, $30 million. I think that was a good sign for them. I mean, that just makes them even stronger, and I don't think they had to give up much to do that. Yeah, I don't know so about this. So watch out. How, how come we couldn't have got Clayus Campbell? Exactly. We I got, think we already had this discussion. What? The Seahawks can't identify talent and don't have an identity. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Clayus Campbell played for the Cardinals for, what, 10 years? And racked up, yeah. what, 100 sacks against us? What do you mean they can't identify Pretty talent? Pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I have to point out uh, a, a deal that I think uh, really, really is going to screw us in the long run. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Niners, the Niners sent uh, Oregon Duck DeForest Buckner uh, to the Colts and uh, got a first-round pick in return. Now, what that does is that allows them. He was the least, the least impactful of their four first-rounders on their first on their front line. And it allows them to pay. Uh, it allowed them to pay Armstead the money that he needed. It'll allow them to afford the other two guys on that line, and uh, it will. Uh, they have a, fir- a first round pick, number thirteen overall, in return. I, I think. I mean, that just makes the 49ers more dangerous. Yes, they lost the, uh, Dis- a big dude. I disagree with this so wholeheartedly. I I I, well, I think that was a, an incredibly intelligent move on their part. He was the least impactful last year, but if you take a look at his career, he's been better than than uh, Eric Armstead. Um, the, the, no, I, I, that, that's true. That, I, I'm glad true. he's You're... gone. I'm glad he's gone because at least there's a chance that the draft pick that the 49ers get never turns out to be anybody, you know? So, um, I would much rather see, well, they're facing cap issues and they're not going to be able to keep, uh, the what Sanders and they're not going to be able to keep what they're, they're running back and well, they so they're have, having to make some tough decisions They just have and to they can D now forward. replace him. They can replace them with a 13th overall pick. Yeah, they just had to dump D Ford too. So, you know, they're they're at the upper level the of limit. what they can afford. Yeah, I'm happy about that, and I'm happy. You guys happy about the 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 Rams? Did you guys see the Rams had to dump uh, Gurley? Gurley man, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I I am not shedding any tears, but I'm. Dancing an Irish jig. I actually feel terrible for the guy because he's a pretty solid dude. He's always been a great running back. I always love watching him play. Oh, Gurley? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my joy was for uh, the Rams' pain, not for Gurley. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, Yeah, no, I just, I I feel bad for the dude because he's got arthritis on his knees. As much as they say he doesn't, we all know he he really does. And there isn't much left in the, you know, tread in the tires, so to speak. And and uh, he could have been a Hall of Famer if he if he hadn't developed that. My favorite part is that he counts thirty five million against the cap for the next two years. Ouch! <laughs> Suck it, Rams. That that is. I mean, think about that. Think about that. The the roster spot was worth more to them. Yeah. Than than keeping than keeping thirty five million dollars. 
Wow. The, you, there must you guys be... remember what was it? Two years ago that the Rams was it three years ago that they went like all in? Yeah. yeah. They signed like every free agent. Wow, like that bet is really coming home to roost, isn't it? Well, yeah, they brought in Sue, and then they had Clay Matthews, and then they had uh, there was another dude they brought in. There was uh, they brought in Dante Fowler, and they brought in. They they re-signed Gurley. I want to say they re-signed Gurley to a big contract that year too. Yeah, Goff got his contract. Goff got his contract. Yeah, it was. It was. They were. They went all in, and I admire them for going all in. It didn't work out. But, I mean, you know, every once in a while, you, you know, you've got your window and you go big or go home. I mean, that's Well, I mean, they, they were what? A couple of big plays against uh, away from winning the Super Bowl? Yeah. They, they I mean, were that was any a, big play away from that. What was that game like? 13 to 6? <laughs> it was one, like the low, one of the lowest scoring <laughs> games ever. It was like, there's only one touchdown. It was like 10 to 6 or something yeah, like that. It was the lowest, yeah. score, lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. Had they had one big play, they would have won that game. <laughs> And and where was Gurley? He was on the sideline ninety percent of the game. Why? I don't remember why. I his his knees. He wasn't healthy. And they had what's his, they had the uh, the run, the running back from Denver who was had a C. career. C. Anderson. Yeah, who was really good and is always was always mm-hmm. underrated. And Anderson was kicking butt. Speaking of Clay Matthews, Matt, I want to ask you. I heard you uh, are on his yes. ban- you're, you're on the bandwagon. You want him to come to Seattle? Is that true? I think as many rushers as we can get. And like I said, we have 18 holes in the, on the defensive line. And yes, that number gets bigger every time I say it. Uh, but we have so many holes on the defensive line. We need bodies there. And the more rushers, the better. He had a pretty solid year last year. I think he got like seven sacks last season. Uh, then he got hurt. Uh, but, um, you know, he's... He's near the end of his career. He needs like six more sacks to make it to a hundred on his, on his career, and he might fly under the radar coming out this late into free agency, and we might be able to get him on a cheap deal if we can get him on the right deal. I'm absolutely on board for signing him. Uh, you know, just to add, you know, put him with with Irvin and and potentially Clowney and and and. Uh, um, who else? Uh, Griffin. How many uh, years has he been here. in the NFL? Uh, 11, 12. It's gotta be more than that. Cause I remember playing with him. Like I remember playing NCAA football and he was one of the players on like Southern Cal. And it was before he I was married. I want to say started, uh, he was drafted in 2008. Oh, I remember that. Okay. Wow. Hey, so uh, Rich, want to hear your feedback about the Dallas Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? They're gonna they're gonna go ahead and pay Dak. They've already paid Amari Cooper, and they decided to let uh, cornerback Byron Jones go to Miami. Do they know what they're doing? Do they have any idea? No. What they're doing? <laughs> no, no, they, they don't. The, look, I mean, since Jimmy Johnson left that team, they haven't known what they were doing. It's Jerry Jones specifically that doesn't know. Yeah. He's the GM yeah, and the yeah. owner. He's the one making yeah. the decisions. He does not know what he's doing. They have not yeah. had a defense in a decade and a half. And he since has done Bill nothing. Parcells left. He has not, not had a good defense since Bill Parcells left. Yeah. He hasn't done anything to address that. He has not drafted players, signed players, 
anything to do whatsoever to improve the defense at all. Yeah, and 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 maybe like one year out of four in that in this run with Jerry Jones, has a team even been exciting? Two years ago, the, I mean, it, the Cowboys. It, two it, years it, ago, it, yeah. Yeah, two years ago. But my point is, is that one year out of four, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys are going to have an exciting team, and the rest of the time they're going to be groan-inducing mediocrity. And um, I mean, say what you will about the Cowboys, you can love them or hate them, but the Cowboys, um, you know, from their inception until Jerry Jones fired uh, Tom Landry, they were kind of like the best team in foot uh, in football, and if not the best team in football, the most entertaining team in football. They were going to come out. They were going to put on a great show. They might win, they might lose, but they were going to be exciting. They were going to play progressive football. And really, since Jerry Jones came to town, they've been kind of boring other than the you know the Super Bowl years under Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. I just I, I keep seeing the same problem with them every year, and it never gets addressed. They don't have a secondary. They never have had a secondary. And they keep improving the offensive side of the ball and completely ignoring the defense. And so they get completely destroyed by points, and they wonder why. Yeah, especially if you're not going to use your offense as a like as a defensive weapon, where you just hold the ball for so long the other team doesn't have time to do anything with it. Which they could. They they had they had that the, the greatest offensive line for a short time there in football easily, mm-hmm. and they had the best rusher at the time. Um, yep for it they could have just been a control the game running uh, you know just absolute rush 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 but they're like no 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 we got to go and we got to have you know the best rush the best uh, um wide receivers too and we got to throw the ball a lot and all this and waste time and yeah it's, it's a train wreck yeah and i don't think dak prescott is worth 33 million a year no no not no well, what do you do with them? I mean, do you do you franchise them and then I mean draft somebody, or do you? Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Let's put it this way: the three ancient quarterbacks are all better than Dak Prescott. I'm talking Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, and Tom Brady. I would take any of those three. Yeah. Even so, though, even though Philip Rivers had probably a, a, his worst ever season last year, uh, yeah, and it kind of stepped down a little bit. He's still, I would still absolutely have him. I, I um, think that that a good part of that was the team that was around him, quite frankly. Hey, so, um, so I do like, hear. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Yes. So like had a premonition yes. about Tom Brady. Now I want to hear, I want to okay. hear now that we know that he's kind of heading towards Tampa. You got something to say about this, don't you? <laughs> premonition. Okay. Um, Brady, best quarterback ever to play the game, but he, the guy's time, his time is over. I don't know if he's why Tampa Bay's going after him. Whether what are they going to get one or two more wins than they did with what's his face last year? Well, you said I mean, he wasn't guy, going. It's either. time for him to hang hang it up. Yeah, well, you said he wasn't. I, going I, you were right. Yeah, <laughs> but there he is. He's going to Tampa. I, I did say that. Okay, he is going to Tampa. You got me there. <laughs> but uh, just more of a publicity stunt, in my opinion, for Tampa, just to so they get a few fans back since they don't have pretty much any fans down, fan base down there. Um, what's worse for you? Is all, it, all the best. What was that? What's worse for you? Was in, uh, 
seeing Brady in the pewter and gray or whatever, red, whatever the hell colors they have, or seeing uh, Joe Montana in <laughs> Chiefs red? I think seeing Brady in those He's buck the real Brady, the real goat, the real goat. <laughs> as much as I despise Brady, I, I have to agree about him being the real goat. No, no, no. I'm saying he's not the real goat. That's my position. Oh, he's not? Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, the real goat was just that. mentioned, but anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. Joe Montana? Yes. Uh, I could debate you for an hour on that subject, but I want to. I want to. <laughs> I want to throw something out here uh, okay. about the back on the Cowboys real fast. Uh, there's going to be a certain quarterback who is disillusioned and very unhappy from the Carolina Panthers currently on, about to be on the market, and uh, there's also a extremely terrible uh, ex quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that is available uh, for the Cowboys. So maybe they can go with one of those two guys, or you know they could steal Mariota from the Chiefs from the uh, um, Raiders who hasn't signed yet, um, or talk the Raiders into getting rid of um, Car. Car, that's his name. Car. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so that, there are other options from Prescott, is what I'm saying. That brings up a point. What if you could get Cam Newton at a you know at a it'll be cheaper than know, 33 mil. Huge discount. Yeah. Is he healthy? It's a good question. That's the question. It's a fair question. And no one's really sure of the answer. Um, and, 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 do you, and do you have a plan on how to, how to execute an offense with him? At the Cowboys? No, absolutely not. No, no just anyone. Like anyone thinking about signing Cam, uh, Cam Newton – you're going to really have to have a simplified offense, much like. Um, well, how advanced oh, Dak's offense? Oh, uh, Young. Uh, what was his name? Vince Vince, Vince Young? Young. Yeah, Vince Young. Well, hang on, Rich. Like, Cam Newton and Vince Young are kind of in the same same part of like they're just not the smartest quarterbacks. They just can't. Yeah, they execute it. Hang on, hang on. They went. They went. <laughs> hang on. They went 15 and one with him in what 2015, 2016. Like, there is a way to do it. Oh yeah, there there definitely is. But you you got to have the right coaching staff that knows what the heck they're doing. Oh well, that's not the Cowboys. But <laughs> but I you no. know it's not. But I'm saying you could you could have him for a lot less than thirty three million a season. Oh yeah, you absolutely could. Um, I was going to say that uh, the Buccaneers, if they do sign Brady, they really need to have a like a quality or a quality enough backup young quarterback. I don't know if you can get Mariota to come be a backup to Tom Brady, but maybe he's going to the you can because, I mean, is he? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's supposedly close. It was never confirmed 100%, but he was close to a deal with them. That was the last thing I heard. And I, I've been watching to see if they've closed the deal, and I haven't heard anything else more out of it. Well, technically, you can't, technically you can't close the deal because none of these players have had physicals. Yeah. So until, but it didn't yeah, sound yeah. it didn't sound like they had really come together yet either. That's the thing. So, so does anyone here think that Tom Brady is going to be like blasted into oblivion? If he is, um, playing can they with please, the Buccaneers, can they please wear the creamsicle orange shirts? <laughs> like that's how I'd like to see. That's how I'd like my yeah. last memory of Brady. Uh, I love that uniform and. 
secondly, uh, I, I have to say fantasy football tip right now for everyone out there. Uh, don't buy into the Mike Evans hype and don't, don't draft him this coming season because I don't think it's going to work out as well as you're anticipating. You must have had a bad experience with him. No, no, I'm just saying, I don't think, I don't think this, this, I don't think this union is going to work out as well. I think, I think Evans value is going to be overhyped and he's going to be a very high pick uh, because, Oh, he's got Brady throwing to him now instead of an incompetent Jameis Winston. I don't think he's going to climb the charts as high as everyone thinks he's going to. But anyway. Hey, Solak. Um, here's Solak. Here's question for you. Oh, yeah. Good. I was just going to say, it, there's, a very, there's a very real possibility that if Brady goes to the Buccaneers or any other team, that Brady becomes a cancer in the locker room. Because the players, of whoever he's going to, he's been the top dog in his house for what, 20 years. And now he's going to a new place, new culture, new everything. And while he will be the top dog, it's not the same. Well, and, part of his deal is also he gets, he gets a, a say on player personnel. I mean, oh, he gets to choose who he plays with too. Yeah. This is going to be, yeah. Cause that's, that's even more that's, toxic. That's always a, a, a recipe for success. Yeah. It's that's, that was one of the thing, one of the things he wanted. And, I guess Tampa was so desperate they were willing to give it to him. I just don't think that that works out um, because the standards at which with which he plays the game and expects his teammates to play the game, I don't see that happening uh, for the Buccaneers as an organization. I mean, that team is like – it seems like eons ago that Tony Dungy was the head coach there and wow. really turning things around. I mean, but that, that, that organization is – uh, oh man! It's I, mean, I know we complain about the Seahawks, show, but that yeah. organization is just this show. It's just, it's just from top to bottom, it's completely ridiculous. And I think that this this is a very real chance of Tom Brady being benched, getting sacked like fifty times. I mean, it's 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 a recipe for disaster. Okay, we're, and I'm kind of here for it. So, guys, we're getting a little bit to the end of the show here. Oh. Uh, last question. Let's uh, select who. Got the yep. who got the biggest deal that didn't deserve it? Kirk Cousins with two years, sixty six million, or Ryan Tannehill four years, one hundred eighteen million. Uh, Ryan Tannehill for four years, one hundred eighteen million. If he didn't have what's his face at running back, I mean, the guy couldn't succeed yeah. in Miami, dude. That what what a joke of a deal. But he's laughing his way all the way all the way to the bank. So Tannehill for sure. That's a lot of money for a half a season of play. Exactly. Teddy Bridgewater too. They were. I know you didn't ask that, but that's another worthless contract. I don't think he's proven to get twenty million a year. I I don't know. I think I'd take Bridgewater over those two. Matt Rich. I, I would take Drew Brees over the ball. That's just me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. I, I think I'd take Teddy Bridgewater over Cousins or Tannehill. I just think he's a a better. Um, just a better overall player, a smarter player, and in general, you can work with smarter players better than you can with uh, like a proven mediocrity like Kirk Cousins, who can chuck the ball over the yard but doesn't really win consistently, uh, and Ryan Tannehill, who is basically a really expensive version of of our boy. Uh, oh crud! Uh, the backup to Hasselbeck for like nine years, Trent Dilfer. 
Dilfer has a Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I know, I know, but that's my point yeah. is that like that's what Ryan Tannehill played by the last half of last year. He was he was Trent Dilfer. He Dilfered it. Hey guys, you don't know you know you know who he was. You know who he is. He's Joe Flacco. Ooh, yeah, he that's parlayed, a good, that's, he parlayed huh. a, a good a good season into holy sh- a lot of money. <laughs> and, <laughs> And never, ever, ever turned into it. You know, All right. Uh, well, yeah. Well, we gotta uh, get. There, there we gotta get. Hang on. We 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 gotta social distance ourselves from this uh, show, and oh, no. uh, we're running out of time here. I want to thank everybody for joining us okay. at the Seattle Sports Union podcast. Check out all our great articles at seattlesportsunion.com. Check out us on tweet, Twitter, Twitter, whatever it's called, at Seattle Sports U. Like us on Facebook, and for Rich, Matt, Brian, and myself, Abraham Deweese. Have a great day, everybody.